Hey guys, uh, welcome to the episode 18 of Hashtag Backstage with Redesign. Uh, first of all, thanks a lot, uh, all of you, for uh, making it to the 18th episode. We really were going to stop on the 10th episode, to be very honest. But the amount of uh, attention and the amount of love that uh, the series has got was really unprecedented. We've been able to have some really great conversations with talented people. This brought some amazing insights. We were not able to uh, take the last episode all throughout to its full potential. We had tremendous amount of traffic on the Insta Live, uh, but we'll be doing that uh, in one of the coming episodes soon. Today's episode is uh, really special because we are having uh, a fun but serious conversation, a combination of both, with uh, an artist who I'm a big fan of, who's also setting a benchmark with creating comics around uh, political satires, around um, sending out a message to the audience which makes it very important for people to uh, actually had in the most general sense and addressing them with... Uh... Hi Rachida. Hi, how are you? I am very good, how are you doing? Good. Great, great. I am so pumped to have you on this live. Uh, so that we can have a tremendous amount of meaningful conversation I, so I can pick your brain about all things sanitary panels, about Patreon, about the account and about everything that we were discussing of this chat uh, so that we can enlighten all the people about what goes on in your mind and uh, yeah, so before I start with my questions could you please for our audience, there are a lot of young college kids as well uh, some uh, people who buy merchandise from us, so there's people from all walks of life. Please give us your introduction and uh, tell us what we're going to talk about. Yeah, so uh, my name is Rachita Taneja. I uh, make the webcomic Sanitary Panels. Sanitary Panels is a feminist political webcomic that also comments on society and culture and taboos uh, and basically a bit of everything. Um, I started the comic in uh, 2014 uh, when students were being arrested for posting their political opinion on the internet shortly after the general election. Students uh, yeah. on Facebook specifically were being uh, arrested um, under section uh, 66A at the time. And so I started my first comic uh, making fun of the fact that, you know, as, as soon as you dissent in this country, um, you are put behind bars. And it's uh, quite scary to see that um, six years on, it's the same situation that we're in right now. Uh, so that's how I started my comic and I wanted the name to be a bit, you know, um, in your face and break a taboo from the get-go. That's why I called it Sanitary Panels. And yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun journey since. Amazing. Amazing. So I know a lot about uh, your work from your Instagram itself. I uh, have been following the story of students and their plight and the amount of... Uh, unfair situation circumstances that people go through in accessing the most basic right of freedom of speech which is strange because i think that's uh, primarily the uh, reason why a student body stands for something and having that separate is not great so how did you fare through what was that breaking point and what really you know made you go ballistic on uh, putting out content about this or you know speaking out so I, when I, when I first started making comics, I was like, you know, if they are going to arrest students, um, 
um, I'll give them a reason to arrest students. Like I'm going to give them, uh, I'm going to be a pain in the ass basically. Um, so yeah, initially I was, I, I mean, I, my work stands against uh, censorship. It stands for Article 19 um, and it stands for the Constitution. So I have the truth and the Constitution um, on my side. Um, and, you know, when I make comics, it's a clear uh, criticism. It's dissent. It's, um, it's what needs to be done in this climate because uh, without students being involved in politics, without young people being involved in politics, um, our corruption, our red tape, our, um, you know, all of these issues that we're facing will not go away. Yeah, I agree. So how hard has it been, Rachita, for, I mean, talking about this because I'm sure there was a lot of flag backlash when you start talking about it initially. And then there is a point when you suddenly stop really caring about what people say, you know, you know because from behind a mobile screen at best and it's not really impacting in personal life but then it also is so yeah what was that like so in terms of responding to trolls don't do it is my only answer don't uh, respond to trolls don't engage with them if they're coming into your dms just ignore it it's very easy to ignore and to delete um mm -hmm. comments from trolls because trolls want to want you to waste your time with them mm -hmm. um and if you do engage with them, you're giving mm -hmm. them exactly what you want. So I would say just do not engage with trolls. So in, in terms of my comics public facing, um, at least I do not engage with trolls. I do not give them the satisfaction of my time. Um, personally, yes, it affects you emotionally and it also makes you a bit scared because there are, it, it doesn't only limit to, you know, calling someone bad names. It's also threats of doxing, threats of rape, uh, threats of yeah. uh, uh, death, like killing, and uh, also um, threats of legal action. So there are a, a wide variety of things that uh, people um, come into your inbox with. Uh, so uh, I, it does take a toll, but and I, I guess you have to know legally what your rights are as a comic artist, what your rights are as an activist. Um, and if you are, you know, you are well within your rights to dissent and criticize the government. It's your, it's your duty, if if nothing else, exactly. as a citizen to do. So I know that the law is on my side and the constitution is on my side. So I'm going to keep dissenting. That being said, it's it's increasingly difficult in this political climate right now to dissent. Uh, there is intimidation, there is uh, fear. And I think the more that people create, so if, if one person is afraid because they're the only creators around, um, mm -hmm. it's it's going to be easier for the government or for these trolls to target you. But if there are hundreds and hundreds of people from around the country, hundreds of, and thousands of people from across the country uh, making content, um, it's it's going to be much more difficult for um, them to be able yeah. to pin down one person and make an example of them. So I, I would say that I would encourage people to just draw, to make art, to whether it's, um, you know, whether you're drawing, whether you're um, singing, whether you're playing an instrument, like whatever you can do to dissent, do it because that's uh, that's our duty as uh, yeah. citizens. And to most possibly, I mean, the least people can do is express their actual opinion instead of hiding behind requests for validation or hoping for validation from the social media world. And um, uh, how much does it, I mean, like you said, it takes a toll on your mental health and how do you work around with that? Like what strategies do you put around to yeah, I don't think it's um, it's bad to talk about mental health. I don't think it's bad to uh, talk about uh, counseling. So I, I would encourage people who are going through trolling or who have gone through 
uh, trolling to go to a therapist to talk to a counselor if you can afford it obviously otherwise uh, mm -hmm. talk to your friends uh, let them know um, what's happening uh, ask for support ask for advice ask for you know just love um, mm -hmm. and it, it does take a toll on you emotionally um, but there is there is a support system and a support network um, apart from that, I would also just say have a lawyer friend or, on hand. Um, Very important. Just make, yeah, just make sure you have a lawyer friend and potentially a journalist friend on your side so that if there is something that escalates, you mm -hmm. have um, you have a backing and, you know, a knowledge of uh, uh, long, yeah. uh, of law and of, uh, you know, the media. Yeah. And uh, it takes tremendous amount of mental strength to be an activist and to hold up your work while still uh, you know making a living uh, doing that and personal opinion not be, uh, in the scope of this chat but i think while there are artists like i said the whole point has become validation where i need to be liked for my opinion and when you're dissenting you might not necessarily be liked it's counterintuitive to the whole thing which is why we're probably not reaching the critical mass of people who will be courageous enough to talk about a certain subject even though that might be something that's in their mind or heart yeah see with with any issue like even with sanitary panels i am getting trolls but i'm getting uh, 20 times more uh, love and support from people there are people who want to speak truth to power and who want to see content that speaks truth to power so i am making you know the, the work that i'm doing um is also appealing to them and it is um, uh, supporting their worldviews as well so or not, not even worldviews. I'm not going to say caring about human beings is a worldview. It should be morals, yeah. supporting their morals and their ethics, you know, as human beings. So there are, there is a lot more love than I, uh, that I get than hate. Um, so the number of uh, comments that I have in my uh, DMs are not all negative. They're, they're very, very positive and very supportive and offer me help even. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I don't think validation is a bad thing. I think every artist needs some amount of validation. I think. Yeah. Um, doing things solely for the purpose of validation is is different than doing something that you're happy about if it gets validation. So I don't think validation Good. is necessarily a bad word or a bad thing. Um, I think validation is important because then the artist also feels supported, and especially if mm -hmm. you're making political web comics, yeah. I, I need validation to know that there are people on my side. Um, if if anything, God forbid, what happened to me, uh, that mm -hmm. there would be people side who validate my my morals and my ethics and my um and my beliefs um i think it's important uh but then yes there it's it's like it's a balance between uh, validation and uh, um you know making art that is truthful and that is honest yeah i agree okay so one of the questions i really wanted to ask you rajita personally is why the scare i mean why are people so scared when people come out and talk about their actual opinion or criticize something that they don't stand for, it's not going to have an enormous amount of effect on the vote bank or uh, so so to say uh, that crowd might not even be watching in the first place and we're just making more awareness come to light by doing our actions that we are. So I've never understood the mentality behind it as an activist. Have you gotten to the insight level where you can say, oh, this is why and now I understand these people? Yeah, see, either they are hired or paid. So that's like one category. I'm putting that aside even. There are people who do it for free. I don't understand why. Um, I mean, I do understand why. 
um it's just that it's baffling to me it's it's uh, it's a very simple model right like if you if you silence people who are dissenting then you are and if you show if you make examples of people who are dissenting for example when um when activists from uh, not activists let's say uh, when people from shaheen bagh for example were threatened and were arrested um you know like students are also getting arrested it's a way to make an example to show people that you should be worried because you will be next if you um uh, dissent against the government so it, it's very obvious that on a public facing platform if i am dissenting against the government that there will be trolls in my comments saying um this will happen to you i will you know come after you mm-hmm. and you will face this so that other people who are reading my comments who are going through my comic will feel like oh maybe i shouldn't speak up because then these trolls are going to co- yeah. come against me so it's like you're making an example you're showing publicly that this is what happens if you mm. um, you know quote speak unquote defend the government even if it just means stating facts about the government yeah. which yeah. is which is really funny because sometimes i get trolled for stating facts facts just not even putting any of my um any of my beliefs on top of it um even just for stating facts i will get trolled um and i will get threats and i will get um uh, you know it just insults non stop so i think it's just to it's to uh, intimidate you it's to uh, make an example of you and it's to sort of hope that you stop talking uh, mm. because there are i mean look i have the privilege of being able to access um uh, a counselor's time i have the privilege of uh, my my parents and my family and my friends loving and supporting me um in this specific thing because i know that even with politics it's very difficult for people to get um, uh, their families on the same page but i i have the privilege of having support in my life um and there are people who don't so when a troll comes and bullies you you will think i don't need this bullying in my life i'm just going to step back and that's what the trolls want essentially is to bully you into yeah. oblivion just like so that you just step back and don't um respond yeah. uh, so yeah i i think that i think that yeah all all of these things are important in and get a response because i think uh, getting a response on something that they've said done or uh, put their voice against uh, just makes them feel part of a bigger group or community than they are already at uh, just again my personal opinion but i think comes from a point of having some sort of low self esteem or self uh, esteem issues with a lot of people i mean otherwise they wouldn't do it uh, if it were not if it were a paid or unpaid activities i think that there's also this level of um, of seeing a woman having her own opinions and thoughts that uh, really irks patriarchal men yeah. that uh, you know men who think that women belong in the kitchen at home um will get very very triggered when they see uh women posting political opinions especially political opinions that don't yeah. align with them hmm. so there is also another level of um, of anger that people fa- uh, people feel when they see that oh there's a young woman who is uh, dissing my yeah. political figure of choice and uh, how dare she uh, let me show her her place by right. insulting her, calling her really really gendered slurs and insults uh, so that she knows that she is uh, she has to submit to me as a man so there mm. is there is also that their uh, level of things and i think that I, i'm i'm sure that people who are muslim and make content feel that too when uh, um you know when when they're talking about religion people who are dalits for example and making uh, content on ca- the caste system um often face that from upper caste people 
so so yeah that's that's also a reality very true and uh, i think somebody asked us where if there is no solution so just for everybody's information our friend at miss malini malini agrawal she does some amazing work calling out trolls calling out uh, abusers online through something called ignore no more so for uh, all of you college kids out there who are watching this who might watch this episode later for all of the followers of rachita please go out to shubham cyber cop that's his uh, instagram handle and ignore no more please tag them in any of the abuses or hurls that are that come at you they'll probably be able to take action they've actually got um uh, 75 different 70 to 80 different uh, abusers online to apologize delete their accounts get out of instagram i'm sure they've come back and done it some other way but at least there is a there is a fallback on it and there is reaction so yeah that that's happening uh, just wanted to put it out there how has the political humor i mean oh yeah so just covering one of the commercial questions for our account how does the blue check on your instagram feel has it made your life any different yeah i guess um, i mean i i don't know i didn't actually i haven't found a method to compare before and after a blue check but i guess it's important in terms of people's perception of how valid your views are so mm-hmm. with a blue check people are automatically like okay this is not you know another faceless profile that is making comics it is it is someone who has been verified by instagram which means that uh, um they have some sort of validity their opinion carries some sort of weight even yeah. though it's very easy to get a blue tick i mean you just have to be very persistent with uh, instagram there is a you know you submit uh, for folks listening in um if you submit um your request um, along with a uh, id um you can get a blue tick if you are persistent with it and if instagram thinks that your page has enough of a following etc i don't mm. know what that are but uh, yeah you can also get a blue tick it's not a very big deal and it it doesn't make anyone special uh, gotcha. <laughs> but, but i guess but i guess it does help um i i saw it and i was like wow i got a blue tick i don't know what i did to deserve it which is which is funny because i've been making comics for 6 years um, and i just got the blue tick <laughs> got it got it. was it before or after i mean was it after a certain specific event or were you on the news and then the number of uh, backlinks to your profile increased that and then you applied and then it got verified no no i've been on the news i mean my first article was in 2014 or 2015 so it's been a really really long time since uh, i've been on the news and and consistently this actually happened quite out of the blue i wasn't even uh, like i i wasn't doing anything special i wasn't paying attention i wasn't going out of my way or anything it just happened one day and i was like oh, oh. thank you <laughs> nice. thank you instagram and i'm glad that it happened so now that we're able to speak to you and validate the opinion and the important content that is on your page so that everybody is able to take advantage of that and possibly affect their stream of thought so great um next topic that we want to talk about other than uh, why we'll also get into comics specifically how do artists monetize that how do they make a living there are a lot of artists would like to know about that but then there are topics on your profile that i couldn't help myself without talking about so we're going to cover them in that list uh, about feminism and lgbtq rights and what isn't being spoken about uh, how that's changing the scenario currently thankfully media entertainment has taken a stand towards creating content that's supportive of uh, conversations 
out and open in urban and rural india again uh, it's happening so what's your take on that uh, how where do you think this is going yeah so i i mean like with sanitary panels my my logo initially was a sanitary napkin so from the get go i wanted people to be like okay this is maybe this is this making me feel uncomfortable if this is making me feel uncomfortable why is that um you know so just start get people thinking and questioning from the very beginning but uh, i i've made feminist comics uh, i mean feminism is a very integral part of the comics uh, that i make and so the there is there is also understanding the intersections of feminism which even i'm learning on a regular basis but understanding what it's like to be um feminist while also supporting bahujan women for example uh, feminist while supporting trans women for example so there are a lot of intersections that i'm learning to make content on and i'm learning uh, about in general um and so with with also with lgbtq issues and with feminism both i try and slide it into my comics mm-hmm. without it being the center point of the comics so yeah. if i'm talking about menstruation sometimes the comic won't even be about menstruation it'll just be about you know uh, an event that happens or you know something happens and menstruation is just like slid in without and mm-hmm. without being about it similarly when i'm making comics about people in relationships i try and show same sex relationships without the fact that same sex it's not the comic is not about same sex relationships it's about something else it's about mm-hmm. you know cute things couples do for example and just slide in the fact that you know this it's a same sex relationship yeah um and that is sort of that sort of will normalize um you know it's it's not right. a caricature of a gay couple it's not a caricature of a trans person it's showing them in, in the most normal way they're, they're right. the same right so i try to do that a lot with my uh comics and i think some people notice and are like oh yeah i like that i am going to think about that but um with with feminism usually it has to be a bit more on the nose um yeah but i i try to like slide in things as well god and this i mean when i was looking through the comics there's so many i see what you did there sort of moments which are <laughs> really cool and fun and just in people's uh, uh, perception of when they read and watch so much of uh, that content i think it unravels in layers in their own mindset through the society in the way they probably evolve or don't uh either way so uh yeah that that's got a tremendous amount of impact there's a lot of uh, uh, a whole series about period shaming and menstruation shaming that has happened and i'm so kicked to see that a lot of young girls can come out and feel validated about the fact that uh, there is somebody talking and they can probably go out and talk to you so do people come out and talk to you about it do young girls come to you for advice yeah i encourage people to talk about menstruation openly and as a normal bodily function very often uh so again like over the past 6 years i've seen how much more you know younger women are willing younger girls and women are willing to engage with uh, talking about menstruation 6 years mm-hmm. ago i like the climate was completely different in terms of how mm-hmm. openly people spoke about their period on the internet and now it's a whole other story and i i did a, a ama not an ama sorry a question uh, thing on um, on instagram and said what is the shameful incident that you um you know felt about menstruation when you were younger which you don't feel anymore and there were so many replies i could not go through all of them yeah. it, it was i was getting a reply a minute so i i received so many replies on that and i've added it on my stories to to show people how prevalent it still is it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how much 
talk about it online it's still very prevalent and it really affects yeah. people in their real life that they're not allowed to go to the kitchen for example or they're yeah. made to sit in a different room they're not allowed to touch other members of their house you know these things are very um these are all based in superstition and these are yeah. all based on unscientific um and uh, you know just general taboo and general misogyny uh, yeah. so i think we need to uh, keep talking about it in order to change it and i've seen it change over 6 years and i'm excited to see at least on the internet i i'm exactly I can't speak, um offline and i'm excited to see how far uh, we can you know how much we can keep pushing it yeah yeah and um so i have young cousins um very young girl uh, young boys and who are just about probably discovering their sexuality and they don't know and they came to know about the uh, movement about the article and um, the freedom that they have to be able to say that and when uh, we opened that conversation up in boy school and when people started talking about it, i was appalled at the number of conversations that were subdued earlier and now people were actually having them so that really opened up my mind to the number of possibilities so dude i didn't even think about it you know that you know he probably he or she needed to needed just a person to come out and uh, have that conversation so you're doing a terrific job at providing a space uh, for people to express themselves and at times that's just what people need so uh, big kudos to you for that i think i really think we have a show complete show podcast blog i don't know every possible sort of media that can happen so that we can see more of you for that thank you thank you very much i really like the thing that you said about your younger cousins i i also would encourage everyone who's watching and um, to talk to your younger cousins talk to your younger siblings talk to your young people in your family even if it's like yeah. your niece or nephew um about how they can talk openly about these things and not feel shame talk openly um about that period you know because shame around period is taught it's not it's not it's not that some you know yes. kids are just automatically shame not natural yeah it's taught by your teachers it's taught by your elders it's taught by your older siblings or whatever so i would say talk to your uh, to the young people in your family and tell them that hey this is a normal thing and tell your tell your boys that uh, you know you can cry tell your boys that uh, you know consent is important and women are not uh, you know um, meant to be mistreated or or have a second they're not second um, grade citizens and that um, queerness is totally normal and fine so having these conversations with young people also you know i i sometimes think about the key moments in my life that i still uh, think about and they are from school like sometimes i automatically will make sure that if a tap is leaking i get it fixed or i fix it immediately and i was trying to figure out why i get that you know i get like an itch inside that why is this tap leaking i need to fix it and then i traced it back to a seminar that i had in fifth grade or something where people came and spoke to us about water uh, conservation you know like when you're brushing your teeth turn the yeah. tap off that kind of stuff and it stuck with me so it kids are very very impressionable and they are just going to pick up what you say and do around them so be good role models exactly exactly i uh, really agree to that and i uh, really believe that uh, the more we try to hammer a thought pattern which is probably now stuck with a middle aged or like almost the becoming of an adult which is a 25 year old or somebody who's already got into a thought pattern is now unwilling to change because of peer pressure or probably the workplace or just the household environment or what not we can't probably do much and they will have to take their own steps in evolution they might they might not but people we can actually make an impact on are 
teenagers and kids and they are impressionable they'll listen to you better and they appreciate all of this content uh, way more they're i mean just a comparison their conversations there are uh, them way more susceptible to uh, learning so uh, i think yeah that's that's an age group that needs a lot more of this information and uh, most of our instagram crowd is also of young young adults becoming adults and they have a huge responsibility in making sure that they carry on these conversations wherever yeah, they and they're also they're also our future voters um, yeah. you know the people who are just going to start voting for the first time so it's important to talk to them like adults but yeah. and, and to treat them like you know they have their own uh, mind and their own thoughts and their own opinions you just need to like support them with information and support them with uh, uh you know being a good role model yeah yeah so i i love how this is like a long term strategy right we're all in a 5 or 10 year plan we're going to change this in a decade dude for sure <laughs> awesome okay so let's talk a little bit about the art component and about the comic component and uh, so is this your full time job with uh, creating comics and do you earn with it uh, so the topic of the uh, chat is also how to monetize content and how to make it a uh, how to make a living out of it so would you like to tell us something about that and how you do that yeah it took me it took me four and a half years to get to a point where i could make a living um off of it so only last year i think yeah early 2019 onwards uh, i left everything else and only worked on this and actually soon now i'm going to i'm going to start working uh, i i do human rights campaigning work so i'm going to start working for a brief a period of time because um people don't want comics very much in this current economy uh, or don't want to pay very much for comics in this economy um so yeah i mean it it took me a really long time to get here and i think and i i thank my patrons so much for all of their support because it, it forms a very key component in me being able to you know uh pay for things and feed myself um so i mean between patreon and i did a little bit of merchandising in the middle as well but that was very uh, hectic because i i got merchandise printed and i got to stock at home and then i would individually uh, you know i would have i had a payment gateway and then i would individually pack and send out uh, merchandise so that was a lot of overhead work for me as well um but yeah between merchandising i did, and uh, between doing one comic con event and uh, Uh, having my patrons uh, support me and then in the middle i had a gig with uh, forbes india as well where i made a comic uh, two comics a week for them so between all of those things i i was pretty pretty set um and yeah right now because of the way that uh, the media is also facing a lot of uh, um money shortages uh, because mm. of covid the fact that uh, magazines and newspapers aren't selling the way that they used to Yeah. um my my gigs are a bit more precarious but uh, my patrons are staying strong and it's really awesome. it's really sweet it's really really sweet because i whenever i see you know i i get a mail sometimes when when it says you know a patron has edited their pledge so i'm like oh no maybe they've reduced their pledge and i go and it's almost always for them to increase the pledge oh sweet and it's just it's heartwarming especially now i mean i've i've encouraged all of my patrons to um only give to me if they feel like they can afford to um because again it's, a, it's you know if they're trusting me with their money i i want to give them a chance to um take some of that money and keep it for themselves or give it to more yeah. important people um but yeah i mean patreon has definitely been a blessing in that way when you have a 
sizable audience and even if you have like a network or community of uh, friends and family who want to support you uh, mm -hmm. it's a great to um, sustain your art got it so um, before you started on this full time and i'm assuming the gigs are for newspapers magazines publications and creating stuff for them which is based on a design brief and then you basically give them a project at the end of a cycle right and then there is independent work which you're doing on patreon so what was the full time full time job that you were doing just before you got into uh, doing freelance gigs so i was working with the mozilla foundation mozilla are the folks that make firefox so they have hmm. a foundation as well um, that works on digital rights so i'm also uh, i'm also deeply invested in digital rights i'm one of the founding uh, um members of uh, the internet freedom foundation that worked on net neutrality that worked um on that's working on internet shutdowns that work, that's working on ensuring that kashmiris have uh, access to the internet and have more than just a 2g network connection uh so uh, i helped found the internet freedom foundation and uh, while i was doing that i got deeply invested in privacy and so i was mm -hmm. working as a trainer with the mozilla foundation on uh, data protection and privacy which is uh, the condition of data protection and privacy in india is abysmal um yeah and talk so, about that um, yeah. so th this was around the uh, time when um a committee had been formed to draft a data protection law we don't have a data protection law in this country which is yeah um yeah so uh, we didn't have a data protection law in this country and so i was working with the mozilla foundation um to see what what data protection in india could look like and to talk mm. to um mozilla india members you know coders who would submit code uh, because it's an open source platform yeah so mm. yeah with those communities damn cool yeah i mean that might have been a great experience working there right uh somebody wanted to really uh, deep dive into what your work experience working at mozilla was like other than uh, what you told us because i think that's tremendously under uh, addressed topic data privacy protection cyber security god please i we have to do another session about it all together it's a political but yeah uh, my campaigning and my um, art stuff only like it intersects a lot but uh, there is so much more campaigning work uh, that i've been involved in right so what uh, so you you used to write there and uh, create campaigns and what was the other activities of kr is what was they like so uh, at the mozilla foundation i would talk to the media uh, in india i would uh, talk to policy makers in india i would try to understand where we were in terms of um, uh, you know like how we compared to um, international players in terms of in not international players how we compared to other countries in terms of their data protection laws what were the things that we needed especially for india uh mm -hmm. what would existing problems such as you know the aadhaar doesn't have a good um the aadhaar is a biometric data system which is not uh, which doesn't exist for example in the us um and it is very dangerous it's a it's a very uh, fragile uh, project because if if your uh, fingerprints are leaked it's not like you can change it if your yeah. iris scan leaked it's not like you, it's not like a password that you can change um so what are the implications uh, of data protection and privacy in india and what were special rules and regulations that india needs that we do not have an example for from the west for example and hmm. uh, surveillance look like in india because surveillance is also not an issue that much um yeah. that 
you know, mainstream. The conversation isn't very mainstream yet. So what would surveillance look like? So, uh, so what I did was I spoke to policymakers, I spoke to lawyers um, who were working on this. I spoke to government officials who were working working on this as well, uh, and I spoke to other members of civil society to see how Mozilla, the Mozilla Foundation, um, could um, support uh, better data privacy and laws, and yeah, and you know promote better data privacy in India. Correct. Because Mozilla so, also has. Sorry, Mozilla also has a lot of contributors to their code. Uh, so there were there are like lots and lots of Mozilla members around the country yeah. who would submit to their code. So even talking to them, so I would I would uh, at least twice a year uh, go to different parts of the country and talk to Mozilla community members and ask hmm. and you know about data protection, ask them what they thought, have like yeah. an open Q and A kind of thing. Um, alongside, because I'm I'm not a policy expert, so I, I would you know go along with policy experts, and they would ask their questions, and there would be meaningful conversation. Okay, okay, so that's really great because I think a lot of young coders also put use the uh, Mozilla platform as an API to build code, submit it out to them, which they probably have or do not have the rights for. But uh, in the context of all the work that you did and all the time that has passed. Do you think there is an impending change coming from the policymakers about this? Is there movement, or much less hope to be kept from this domain? Um, it's it's tricky. Um, I I can't I can't make a blanket statement about that right now. But it's it's an issue that is gaining traction. There are a lot of people, a lot of amazing people who are working on data protection and privacy in India. I would encourage okay. folks to follow the Internet Freedom Foundation. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, to get updates about uh, internet shutdowns and net neutrality, data protection, basically digital rights in general. Yeah. But it's it's a it's an uphill battle. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so time for a little bit of a brand plugin. So Rachita is on Patreon, which is one of the primary platforms for an artist to be able to fund their own work uh, independently through very young. I mean, through very uh, supportive people like you who will go out and. Support a creator's work by providing a small amount in month in subscription fees to say exclusive comics. Is that is that it, uh, Rachita? What are the perks that a patron gets from Rachita? So for for my patrons, I send out for the first three months. I send out postcards to all of my patrons. Sometimes I'll put in like extra stickers or a button or you know just like a small uh, gesture to thank my patrons. And I write handwritten notes um, uh, for my patrons. There are if if you hit a higher tier, then I make personalized comics, um, shout outs on social media, uh, sometimes exclusive content. Uh, very often, you just have access to write to me whenever. So you can you can write to me on Patreon, and I will most definitely reply instead of you know on Instagram DMs, which is always flooded with comments. So yeah, those are my awesome. Okay, so for everybody who doesn't know what Patreon is about, it's a platform that lets you. It's a not india based uh, platform that lets you follow creators we at redesign we're bringing a platform like patreon where uh, instead of uh, um, a donation it will be a monthly subscription fees so if you follow rachita you'll be able to get exclusive content from her you'll probably be able to do live interactions with her we'll take more of her interviews some more uh, video lessons around some very important content and we are bringing some very cool t-shirts because in the comments I've seen so many people who wanted t-shirts of your comics. So I think it's high time Rachida. Let's do t-shirts. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get on a call about this. <laughs> awesome. awesome. So we're going to bring about a lot of that. Um, 
another uh, subject that we really wanted to cover in this conversation is um, an artist's journey through um, you know did you come from a design school did you take formal training i mean i don't know if you can tell but i don't know how to draw or at least i didn't know how to draw when i started that's why i do stick figures um, okay but no i i i loved the visual medium of communication i wanted to be a filmmaker um but my life turned another way when um i started interning with uh, greenpeace india uh when i was in college so so since then i've just been a campaigner and i thought what what better way than to use social media awesome awesome that's great so honest right and great so a lot of our uh, designers and artists are taking formal training in design uh, learning a lot of software to create merch to create their exclusive videos etc um how was it working with uh, people through the web series network through youtubers what is that working environment like how fun is it what kind of sketches or projects do you work on with them i i i don't actually i haven't worked on uh... any collaborative projects i don't know are you talking about some specific one yeah i think you worked with ashish shakya on uh, uh, one of the sketches or some videos i i saw no i didn't i didn't work with uh, ashish shakya on videos uh, we were both on fade souza's open house uh, not open house like it was an open panel discussion okay in mumbai so i haven't really worked uh, it would be interesting i would actually really like because i like writing comedy so it would be interesting i'm putting it out there i'm manifesting mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I, I like to write comedy but i haven't worked on any uh, videos or youtube sketches it would be an interesting, uh, interesting great project. great so we explored some interest on that part which is nice okay awesome uh what else do we need to talk about so i have covered all of my topics i am through i wanted to talk about mental health but we having such a fun conversation around your work uh but okay so let's let's put that in uh some strategies that you want to uh, share with your artists who are going through a tough phase because 2020 and covid situation you know can't really start monetizing too fast they can definitely come to redesign but a lot of uh, mental health strategies required what would be your top 3 advices that you give to content creators i would say keep creating um I I know it's difficult. Oh, by the way, I also want to say it is very important to go to art school. I wasn't I I I personally didn't go, um, but I would have loved to learn formally. Um, and I'm actually doing it. I, I take online courses to learn how to draw, um, which is why I've started a new comic as well, where I actually draw and I don't make stick figures. It's called NGL Comics. Um, okay. So yeah, it is very important to learn all of those things because now I'm learning software and I'm I'm I feel very. slow at i mean it's very slow uh, it's a slow process yeah. when you don't have instruction and when you don't have a, a kind of learning environment um like a, a school so yeah stay with it uh, but yeah my first piece of advice would be to um keep creating content uh, there have been multiple multiple times uh, especially early on with sanitary panels where i stopped making comics sometimes for uh, a few weeks sometimes it even went up to 2 months and uh, in hindsight i shouldn't have done that um mm-hmm. I, i would creating there are times there are there are certain kinds of pieces of art that will click with people and you don't know that yet so only when yeah. you keep testing out more content keep trying out uh, new things and new ideas will you know what is clicking with people and what makes you happy so 
keep going for it and monetizing it is difficult and i understand i don't have any answers for that um apart from yeah just just keep creating um eventually it it does get better it if, if you are learning how to do design there will be people who will hire you anyway um mm -hmm. and if you are you know if you're making art um there are yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't give you answers about how to monetize. Um, no, sure, it, but uh, great about. advice. Mm -hmm. I think that's been one consistent advice that we've received from all creators is uh, be persisting with it. Never stop doing what you're doing because, you know, it comes around and vibes, you manifest it. End of the day, it will happen if you stay at it long enough. So, great. One of the, uh, one, one very important question I want to ask is what work event or an event in general that was that probably involved you or uh, where you were directly or indirectly involved that changed the stream and speed of your life or your thinking that definitely had a deep impact in how you were before and after very recently actually i read this uh, book called uh, don't think about an elephant so it wasn't a work thing i i can't i can't think of a work thing but this book is is really really good if you're learning how to talk and communicate with an audience um so it's called uh, how uh, don't think of an elephant by george uh, lakoff and it it's about how to frame narratives how to frame messaging how to be more positive and aspirational in your work especially if you are doing something to move an audience hmm. um so i think that kind of really altered the way that i think about uh, my comics so this i think happened in december or january when I really started thinking about it, about narratives and framing, and then mm -hmm. I read the book recently. It's a really good book. I would recommend it to people who are looking to talk to an audience. Um, yeah. Okay. So now that we're on the topic of books, you will have to recommend us another two books. So that will make us three. We have one, which is Don't Think of an Elephant from George Lacko. Hmm. uh i'm i'm also reading this book called like again i i i love fiction more than non fiction but i'm reading a lot of non fiction right now so there is another book called sapiens which is a really nice snippet and a snapshot of uh, human history and um, evolution and where we get our you know it, it helps you understand how we understand things so sapiens is another one that i would recommend which i'm actually uh, reading right now and uh, the third one again these are all like this year that i've read even though they came out a while ago thinking fast and slow it's about yeah. how we um you know how we automatically make connections and metaphors and uh, assign meanings in our head without even realizing it so there is so much that we don't know about um about how our brain functions and it's it's yeah. interesting to see how we respond to certain words for example how we respond to certain concepts and ideas so i would i would encourage people to read actually thinking fast and slow would be my second recommendation and sapiens i'm actually i'm still reading it so i'll let you know yeah. how that goes but then as as a kid i liked the series animals which was okay. a scholastic about yeah. i remember the scholastic those were crazy crying to parents for buying those books and they were expensive Oh, I would as an adult. I'm rereading Animorphs, and it is still a fantastic series. It's it's much better than Harry Potter. Awesome, awesome. With uh, thinking fast and slow, I think there was there's this whole thing about uh, 
uh, your how your subconscious thought patterns mix up with your intuition and then you end up making a lot of decisions which you are unaware about which uh, if when you when you bring that to your own awareness you're like what really yeah uh, for everybody who's uh, who's not read that book please go out and do that so some great recommendations okay awesome rachita what movies are you watching uh what movies am i watching yesterday i convinced my parents to watch john wick i've already <laughs> seen it before but i i thought it would be a fun thing to watch with my parents don't ask me why okay. but they enjoyed it apart from why is he killing everyone um so i i really <laughs> i mean that's the last movie i saw uh, but apart from that movies i like i really the movies that i can rewatch uh scott pilgrim is one of them even though it follows a lot of tropes i love that movie um it has some great uh, great writing and great uh, visuals uh series i'm i'm i always rewatch bojack horseman um, yeah. and gilmore girls uh <laughs> and yeah these are the things that i generally rewatch uh, watch and rewatch but uh, yeah my my tv uh, habits are usually like put on anything in the background because i'm, I'm i can't pay 100% attention to the tv oh, okay well, like that point. yeah yeah i know people like that and the i mean everybody who has that in their personality trait is creative to another <laughs> level and their thought patterns are really all over the place and they will come up with ideas and thoughts that you really want to hear about and these are all friday evening saturday night conversations that you would want to have with them these people cannot <laughs> look at these people these are the people who cannot sleep without audio behind them great yep. okay cool ankur tiwari was in the feed big fan dude thank you for coming uh what i love his music so my next question was about music actually what music are you listening to who are your favorite musicians or songs so my favorite musician i and i posted about this a, a, a lot like uh, in my stories in the past is janel monet he's okay. um, a black queer artist love her love her album dirty computer um and i i happened to see her live last year which was the highlight of my i don't know decade seeing her live was just amazing um other bands that i listen to i mean i i, I still like old school nirvana led zeppelin kind of stuff but then mm. combined with newer stuff like janel mone um and uh, sweatshop boys dust racist Yeah, I can totally imagine your work desk with classic rock, Aerosmith, Nirvana playing in the background, with you sketching all of your stick figures and doing political comedy. We know how your work environment now looks like. Old school music is a habit that uh, I I I want to kick. I want to like listen to more new and uh, you know because there is so much amazing music coming out now as well. I really want to listen to new music, but it's just. comfort music you know sometimes when you go to a pub and you listen to led zeppelin playing in the background it feels like home yeah that's why hrc is the place to be dude really <laughs> right place is awesome i'm so keen so much synergy right great five <laughs> other questions uh, i think um, i'm through with everything that i wanted to know and pick your brain about is there anything you want to share with uh, all of the young creative people who are out here on redesign some message you want to give and of course they please go out and become patrons on uh, santri panels patreon page very soon on redesign that's going to be coming up yeah tell us <laughs> thank you um 
Yeah, I, I would say keep creating. Uh, you're always going to compare your art to other people's art. And so the way that I dealt with that is by making stick figures. So I'm never actually comparing the art to anything. Um, and yeah, just keep comparing yourself to your older work. Um, and that's how, that's how you're going to um, feel better and get better. And uh, I learned this very recently and I did not know this potentially because I didn't study art. But there is such thing as warm-up exercises when you're when you're an artist, you should warm up your hand. I did not know this. So like making squares and circles and straight lines and wiggly lines okay. and stuff helps with warming up your muscles before making art. So this is something I learned very recently and I thought I'd share it um, with y'all as well. Uh, but yeah, just uh, um, keep keep supporting your friends who are artists as well. Sometimes it's uh, difficult to um, be in a field where you're not if you're not getting paid um, regularly, like you're not, you're not in a profession where you're getting paid regularly or you're getting appraisals or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, it's difficult to feel validation. So give your artist friends a hug and tell them, not right now, after COVID, uh, give them a hug and tell them that they're doing good work and share their work because it, it does not cost money to share work on social yep. media. So share their work and yeah, help them grow. And if you're an artist yourself, uh, you can depend on your friends to do that for you. Awesome. Awesome. And I want to add, please be courageous like Rachita is. Please learn something from her channel to share your opinion without strings attached. Uh, impact the opinion of your younger generation. Talk to them like we're talking about uh, in the early part of this conversation. Uh, this, by the way, is going to be an episode on Spotify, YouTube very soon. So all of you all can go out and watch it there. And uh, we're potentially potentially going to have Rachita in another conversation where we talk about cyber security and that whole other conversation that this would have gone into, right? But we didn't. Okay, great. So 15 minutes up, we're just three minutes away. So we are doing it right on spot in time. Thank you, Rachita, for being a part Thank of this amazing conversation. Everyone, question authority. Always yes. question authority. Don't forget that. Yes, always, always, without a doubt. And uh, without a freckle of uh, doubt in your mind and with no care about trolls or anybody like that, there is uh, Rajita is out there to support your opinion. Redesign is out there to support your opinion. So we're all going to be there uh, when somebody puts up their voice for the right kind of things. And we're all here for each other. Let's hit critical mass and make things happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much, Rajita. I had a great time in this conversation. I hope you did too. Yeah. Thank you. Great. Great. Okay. So we're going to see you the next time. We're going to bring her merchandise really soon and her channel really soon. So stay tuned for that and take care. Uh, hope you stay safe and healthy and we hope to see more of you from Sanitary Pirates. Thanks, folks. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. Bye. All right. Thanks, guys. That was one of the most amazing sessions I've had. Such a stimulating conversation on a Saturday lazy evening. Uh, great book recommendations, lovely taste of music, and an extremely courageous voice and person, a beautiful soul, believes in manifestation, which is something that I also believe in. I hope uh, some of you are out there who can probably uh, sync with that, synergize with, the, with uh, what Thinking Fast and Slow or these books Sapiens uh, uh, talks about. And thank you, everybody, who's loved this session. We're going to be soon bringing this in a podcast on Spotify, on YouTube. Uh, this is going to be on our IGTV for all of you all to watch it. So stay tuned. Uh, please tell all of your creative friends about redesign and that they can start monetizing their creative content 
on redesign through merchandise and also through their paid channels very soon uh the book is thinking fast and slow the second book was sapiens and i think third uh, book was don't think about an elephant by george lacko um yeah i will definitely ask her about it and write that in our youtube and youtube video and in our igtv in the comment for anybody who wanted those recommendations otherwise please follow her channel please go to her patreon and uh, become her